Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming back to another podcast. Um, this time, we've invited Nick Jones back. Uh, he's a product manager and has a long experience in amplifier applications. Um, today, we're going to talk about amplifier selection by application. So, uh, first of all, um, welcome, Nick. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me again. And, um, I mean, obviously, we're known, we're kind of known for our EMC applications. But, uh, Nick, uh, we, we do a lot more than, than just, just EMC, don't we? Yeah, so amplifiers can be used for multiple applications. So there's quite a heavy use of amplifiers in the communications market. And obviously, there's heavy use of amplifiers in the A&D and aerospace markets as well, used for um, defense programs and the such like. So as an amplifier manufacturer, we try to manufacture our products so they're attractive to all of these market spaces. And we are experienced. I mean, I, I remember previous presentations we are experienced in communication. We've done a lot in, in aerospace and defense, right? Yeah. So we've, um, as an amplifier company, we've been making amplifiers for 25 plus years. So radiated immunity is the relatively new application in terms of amplifier technology because it's been around for the last, like mandated for the last 12 or so years, 12 to 15 years. So before that, amplifier main markets for amplifiers were the telecommunications market and the A&D market. Okay. Okay. So um, uh, everybody, I, I want to point, uh, uh, there's going to be a link down below that you can click and go to Nick's um, original um, kind of everything you want to know about amplifier selection in a nutshell. Uh, this doesn't replace that. So please have a look. Um, uh, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love you to have a look at that, but we're just going to kind of we're just going to kind of touch on those topics, maybe expand on a few. <clears throat> and um, Nick, one of the things we missed uh, during the during the original amplifier was uh, frequency and power selection. Obviously, you know every amplifier, uh, every 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 setup is different. You might have a you know every amplifier has a different gain and, and and things like that. I mean, how what do you say to people when they say you know do I need two hundred watts or do I need four hundred watts or what do I need? It's a the first questions that we have to ask ourselves when selecting an amplifier is what frequency bandwidth we need to cover. And then we have to figure out, due to the application, how much output power is required from the amplifier. And when we when it comes to frequencies, not so bad because that is mandated by the standards right. for radiated immunity, but power is has to be calculated. So we're talking about a particular standard that may have a particular will have particular volts per meter and distance that has to be met. The environment that those measurements are made in, whether it's an anaholic chamber, and then uh, the efficiency of that chamber has to be taken into account. The distance from the amplifier to the antenna has to be taken into account because there's loss down the cables. So it's not necessarily a straightforward process to figure out how much power you actually need because you need to make sure the amplifier maintains uh, is maintained within its linear region, i.e., we're not saturating the amplifier. And we typically um, are able to figure all these questions out via either our systems team in Berlin or via our very uh, our partners that we use in uh, multiple countries around the world. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 so even if even if you uh, if you're staying in the Amitech world, well, we have resources available for questions like that. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, okay. So. Um, so I think that answers that. The, the next question that we had um, on the list was, so you always hear about, so me as 
kind of an amplifier outside, really. Um, I, my my experience goes back to military test labs in the 90s mostly. But so so you hear about different classes of amplifiers. So so what is it? Um, what does it mean? The class A, B, and whatever. Um, and and what? Um, why is it why is it important? So the fundamental job of an amplifier is to replicate its um, output, the input signal, as closely as it can on its output. So for applications like radiated immunity, um, the standards dictate how linear an amplifier has to be. And typically, most amplifiers used within this application space are um, manufactured to a class AB standard. Now, what this means is they are very linear products but they are not as linear as class A products, which are the most linear amplifier that you can buy. But there's trade-offs between having a class A product versus a class A B product. So for a class A product, they generate lots and lots of heat and they're quite inefficient, but they replicate the input signal as closely as possible on the output. So when you're talking something like um, communications, application, you need very, very linear power amplifiers. Um, um, class A can only really be used to meet those application requirements. Okay. When we come over to radiated immunity, class A has no real uh, negatives for being used for radiated immunity, but we can also get away with using class AB products as well. And so, so if if I remember right, so the to the EMT applications, I mean, the, the the reason that linearity is so important is that you increase your input level and you want your output level as as seen as a test level on the DUT. You want that to increase in a predictable way, right? Yeah, completely. So um, the test, the way that the test way our test systems work is um, as the input power to the amplifier is turned up. The field is generated, the, uh, the probe detects how much um, field strength is being generated, and then uh, up to the, uh, the level that's required by the standard. And then it's a matter of switching on um, the required modulation. So if the modulation is 8%, then we need 3.2 times the power within the amplifier. So we have to make sure that the amplifier is not saturated once we've switched on the modulation. Okay, um, so in a uh, so uh, what are the different so what are the different classes of amplifiers? So you said class A is good for communications. Class A B is 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 kind of a good compromise for EMC applications. What what else is out there? What do we offer? So we offer class A, class A B, and class C. Class C is our pulse amplifiers, which um, we need for half, things like half testing. So these are very, very high power amplifiers that are used uh, within short bursts. So they can't be used CW, which is continuous wave over a given frequency bandwidth. They can be used as pop frequencies to generate pulses at a given duty cycle. Okay, so um, I've also seen, I know, I think this comes from the EMC world primarily, but I've seen, I've always seen the, the, you know, the kind of the buzzword P1, P1DB thrown around. But there are other, so first of all, what does that mean? But there are also, uh, I know that has to do with the linearity, but there are other means of, uh, you know, calculating linearity when, you know, when, when is it a benefit? When, you know, sometimes people talk about saturated power, 
what are the pros and cons and when to consider each? Okay, so for 90% of applications, linear the amplifiers have to be used within a linear region. So when we're talking about P1dB, that defines the highest amount of output power an amplifier can give whilst maintaining its linear performance. Once we go past the P1dB point, by which I mean the gain of the amplifier is in error by 1 dB. Compared like, to the input. Compared uh, to the input. So every 1 dB of um, input power that we use, um, the output power should reflect that by 1 dB or less. And above that, the amplifier will still give output power, but this is where we start to get into the nonlinear region. So the input signal will not be accurately replicated on the output. So it's very important that when we're considering the amount of power that we need from one of our products, that we take into account its, um, its linear performance. So when we look at things like product data sheets, it might say it's a 400 watt amplifier. So you think, well, that's enough power for my application. But when you read the detail, the headline power might be referencing the saturated output power of the product. Okay. And its linear performance, its P1dB performance, might only be listed as something like 250 watts. So, in effect, it's a 250 watt power amplifier, not 400 watt amplifier. And, and when, when you see one of our data sheets, what, what are our headlines based on? All of our headline powers are based on the P1dB performance of the amplifiers. Okay. So, you, you, could, you, 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 you could see amplifiers that have their saturated power uh, specified in the in the in the on the data sheet, you have to watch out for that, right? That's that's something that we just need to pay attention to when we're selecting the output power of one of our products. And I mean, are there cases where saturated power is important? Saturated power can be important in pulse conditions. So you just want to be able to generate as much output power as possible for a given pulse. So class C amplifier, you just want to be able to generate as much power as you can. There are quite um, new applications come into the market um, for delamination processes on um, things like ICs, where this is where we um, generate lots of RF energy down the strip line into an RC into an IC, sorry, to see how much actual energy it can take before the delamination process um, happens. And for that, we just again just need like raw RF power, as much power as an amplifier can generate. We're not worried about it's linear or not linear we're just after the energy transmission down the strip and that's not a there's not a there's not a set test level that you have to worry about for for a so delinear if i remember right that's like inside the chip like pieces can start delaminating or something like that it's breaking stuff so manufacturers need to like like to know like look, to do the, these types of tests on these products to see how, how much stress they can take okay so it's it's not like a very common application, but these types of applications are used. But I can imagine, uh, 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 if I could promote our previous podcast, um, I can imagine that that's pretty bad uh, VSWR when you're doing that kind of uh, testing too, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the amplifier has to be able to drive through really poor conditions because the energy is uh, being transmitted into the DET and it just mostly it's going to start reflecting back because... It's not got anywhere to go when it gets there, as it were. So it's you have to be able to drive through a very heavy VSWR condition. So you mentioned um, pulse application that 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 that's one of them. But there there are, there are, there are a lot of different pulse applications. So what's what's the difference between 
uh, um, uh, continual wave and pulsed and pulsed application. So continuous wave, you can sweep your amplifier over a given bandwidth. So, for instance, one to six gigahertz, it will sweep across that bandwidth continuously. Whereas um, when we talk about pulse amplifiers, you can only use that amplifier at a given frequency at one time, as it were. So we have to, you can use it at um, spot frequencies, I guess is the right way to define it. Okay, so you set the frequency, you pulse. Yeah. Okay, okay. And that, that would be, I don't know what, radar applications too? Is that, is that something else? There's communications applications, there's radar applications. Okay. okay. Specifically, they are used in, um, like I say, for EMC, it's main, mainly health testing, and for A and D applications, it's radar applications. Yeah. Uh, just for the sake of the listeners, and maybe for the sake of the host, what does HERF stand for? Oh, high radiated intensity field, I think, but I need to check him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no problem. Um, so. I mean, we make an entire class, I mean, we make an entire series of amplifiers that are pulsed, that are kind of intended for pulse applications, right? Um, we, we used to. We've drawn back from that on the market as we consolidate our portfolio, but uh, Roadmap for the Future does have these products coming back to the market. But, but even, our, even our, let's say, more standard amplifiers, they have a, they have a continuous wave and a pulsed specification. Yeah, yeah. Right? You, can use, you can use a continuous wave amplifier in pulse mode. Okay. Okay. And, and a higher power. Is that true? Uh, pulse you can use at a higher power, but for a CW amplifier, if it's a two hundred watt amplifier, it will only give out two hundred watts. It won't give out more power in pulse mode. Okay. Understood. More efficient, as in it's generating. It takes less energy to generate the pulse due to the duty cycle, but it won't generate uh, any more power than the headline power spec of the amplifier. I understood. Okay. So, so I mean, since we're, I mean we're talking about amplifiers in different applications, um, and I mean in the in the EMC world, usually we have kind of a lot of space to work with, but there are cases where there's not a lot of space to work with, or or am I misunderstanding right? Because the, the next question is, uh, let's talk let's just talk generally about size, you know, size of the amplifiers and how how that fits into the into the testing world. Yeah, so that that's an interesting question because it. it it comes up quite a bit as to which does size matter when it comes to amplifiers. And in my opinion, it, it's all basically down to um, the design and reliability of the product. So we, the design engineers could spend many hours trying to design the amplifier into the smallest package possible. But you have to understand that amplifiers are inherently inefficient. They, they basically lose a lot of energy via heat. And if you make your, your amplifier package very small, you still have to find a way to exhaust the heat out of that product. That can affect its reliability. So we have to, we design our products to make them as efficient and reliable as possible. So size is the least given consideration yeah, for yeah. piece of equipment because if it has to be slightly bigger so that the cooling is more efficient, that only increases the longevity and reliability product. When we move over to certain A and D applications, you might only we, we may have to build a specific product for a given space for a customer. So if they have a um, a product that has a given space internally that we have to fit an amplifier 
um, package into, then that becomes something quite different in that they or we have to figure out how we're going to tool the amplifier within that space. But for lab amplifiers, there is no real benefit to having a much smaller product. Because these things, yeah, right. Because when you, if it's got to fit into a rack in an airplane or something like that, uh, yeah. that's quite size constrained. But I mean, our our typical uh, laboratory application, they, people want to use this amplifier for 10, 10 years plus, right? Yeah. So reliability for our customers is the most important thing. So within the radiated immunity uh, applications, they're used in some instances 24-7. So we have to design the products so that they can are reliable. And if they're in a, an environment that is slightly warmer, we need to be able to make sure that the cooling is very efficient. Okay, understood. understood. And, 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 and you being close to the engineers, you're in the best position to say, you know, what, what, what's important uh, at the time when they're developing it. And uh, so, uh, so um, Nick, uh, I, I want to thank you very much for your kind of unique position. Um, I think we're going to do one more uh, in our Amplifier uh, series. But uh, first of all, I want to thank all the, li all the uh, listeners and watchers. And uh, Nick, thanks a lot for your time. Thank you very much. Hi.